You're listening to Sports Source, a Cavalier Radio podcast, with your hosts, John Williams and Josh Sanchez. Welcome to Sports Source, everyone. My name is John Williams. I'm here with Josh Sanchez in the Cavalier Radio Studios. Josh, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to talk some football, ready to talk some basketball. I've been, uh, I just had the ABC internship today, but um, it feels good to be back in the studio, being back in my happy place and uh, talking some sports. <coughs> my fault, I do have a little allergy, so bear with me. But um, <clears throat> I went to Boston this weekend. Uh, me and my girlfriend went, took a trip to Boston. Her, she has some family up there, and uh, it, it was good. Like her, 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 her meme. We call her meme. She, she bought us, she bought us Red Sox tickets to, to see the Mets game. And one thing I learned, my biggest takeaway from that, from that whole experience, is that Mets fans are crazy and they are passionate. I will give Mets fans their credit. I, I will give them their credit. Like they are passionate. They remind me of myself before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like we're so passionate, but our team is just garbage every year. It's yeah. like, like like when I tell you, like whenever a Red Sox player had two strikes, they would legit yell two strikes, and they would all they would all get hype. They'd be like, oh. Then if the guy struck out, they'd be, like, and then they'll look at this one fat guy, and they'd be like, and he'll and everyone he'll look for everyone to start chanting, <laughs> and then they're like, one, two, three, struck him out, whoop. Nothing. And it was just, it was, it was an amazing experience, and I love Fenway Park. I def, I'm definitely going back. Nothing is better than fat guys at sport games. Oh, of course, let me tell you, so many, so many beers and stuff. It was funny. Yeah, and uh, Mets fans and Jets fans are basically one and the same. Uh, and you'll realize, like in New York, I feel like most Yankee fans are Giants fans, and most Mets fans yeah. are Jets fans, and it kind of right. goes with each other because the Giants have been a fairly successful franchise. So the Yankees, the Jets, and the Mets, though, garbage, pretty <laughs> much from their entire existence. And they both have that same witty, just like we're never gonna win, so who cares, like attitude. But they live and die by their teams. Yep, and I I respect that. I respect their energy. Yeah, and look at uh, Sam Darnold right now. I know. Yeah, I know he had a good week one. Week two, he was okay. He still threw for three hundred yeah. yards. Week yeah. two. So yeah, but what hurt them was the play at the half. If that guy would have got in the end zone. He like if if you saw the replay, like he caught it at the one, he broke a tackle, then he got popped again by the by the Dolphin safety, and then the time ran out, so they couldn't spike it. So they ended up getting no points at the half. Yeah, but and the Jets play. So we're recording this on Thursday night. The Jets uh, play against the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night football. I guess kickoffs in like twenty five thirty minutes. Yep, kickoffs in twenty thirty minutes. Yep. So on the show today, as Josh said, uh, alluded to a little bit earlier. We have some Eagles to talk about. We have some Sixers news to talk about. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Flyers, and their preseason is underway. They beat my Rangers last night, but it's preseason, yeah, so it's preseason. Uh, it doesn't really matter that much. But some interesting things we've learned about the Flyers. Um, we're going to have our regular good apple of the week, weasel of the week, bet of the week, that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about Josh Gordon, that situation, which will kind of tie into the Eagles. Yeah, but we will. Let's start out with the Sixers. Got to start out with the Sixers. So this is huge news. This afternoon, they announced that Elton Brand will be the team's general manager. Um, this is coming a couple months after the team fired Brian Colangelo because him and his wife had the burner account. Shout out to Eric Jr., uh, my favorite account. Out of uh, all of the different ones that he had. So, Josh, this is where I'm kind of at with Elton Brand. I don't hate it. And I talked about it on the Pick Swap podcast. You could check that out at Sports Talk Philly uh, on iTunes, Pick Swap podcast. Me, Brandon After, and Connor Tustin. We touched on it Tuesday night. Check that pod out. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't mind Elton Brand. I think he's a good guy who knows a lot about basketball. He's been involved in basketball his entire life, pretty much. He respects the analytical part of the game, too, which is huge in you know, today's landscape at the NBA. But, man, it is... Elton Brand being named the general manager is the 
not even the weirdest thing about this search. And let me tell you, Josh, it's been really weird. The Sixers, I don't think, did the best job with this search. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it uh day by day when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I look at Elton Brand, he's been with the franchise a while. He's been in the league for a while. He's played he played over a thousand games in his career. He's a two time all star, rookie of the year two thousand. He also won the Sportsmanship Award in, I believe, 2005, 2006. So this man's been around the game of basketball for a very long time. He was drafted in 1999. So he's been, he's known basketball for a while. I mean, I get it. Like, I understand why fans should be concerned. But, I mean, I, at least we have someone in the GM position and we don't have a lot of pref- uh, a lot of pressure on Brett Brown. And, like, I, and I, I've talked to people about this already. The core of the Sixers is already set. Now it's just in terms of developing and getting the right role guys to complement the the core of the team. We have the star power in Simmons and Embiid that they just, again, is they just need to develop and grow as players and get even better. And then we also have Markel Fultz. He needs to develop. Where what is he where is his role in the team? So our core guys are there. We don't need to get that big name free agent guy. Well, now, would it be nice? Yeah, it would be nice. But I mean, I'm just taking it day by day, letting our guys grow. So like our G, like I just want our GM just come in, Elton Brand come in. You don't you don't need to make the big splash right away. Get used to being a GM, getting used to what it's like to be a GM, filling in that role, and then as he gets more comfortable, then we can see some big moves happen. Yeah, but my concern with Elton Brand's hire is this: Josh Harris said something in the press conference today. I don't have the transcript in front of me, but. He said something basically in the long lines of Elton Brand's a player's guy in a player's league and people are going to flock to him. Listen, if you think that players come to teams because of the GM, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. There's a couple things that players take into account when they go to a team, right? They take into account the pre-existing roster. They take into account, is this team succeeding? And the third can they pay me a max contract or can they pay another guy on top of me a max contract? And what kind of roster flexibility do we still have? The thing that the GM is valuable for is making trades with his peers. That's where I need him to be savvy. And the Sixers in this whole process, we're talking about, oh, we want to go hire a guy who has experience. 18 months ago, Elton Brand wasn't working for the team. He was a player who was on the roster, but not active. He was there. And then he's gotten promoted and all that stuff. And listen, Elton Brand might be a fantastic general manager. I don't know yet. I'm not going to kill him. And I'm not even saying it was a bad hire. What I'm saying is you're talking about, oh, we got to get the guy with experience and then you go out and you get a guy who was uh, the GM of the D-League affiliate for a year. I don't know in what realm that is considered significant experience, but it's just not. And what it comes down to is the Sixers were in their interviews. They interviewed Jeff Zanuck of the Utah Jazz and uh, Gerson Rosas from the Houston Rockets. They probably said... Because there's all this crap about collaboration, which what good GM doesn't collaborate with other people in the organization? They probably said, you guys can't bring in your own staff. You need to keep the guys that are here. Mark Eversley, Ned Cohen, and uh, Rucker. Mm -hmm. And they're probably like, hell no. We're bringing in our own guys. And they're probably like, all right, go kick rocks. We're going to use one of the internal guys. So the Sixers had an opportunity here. And the way they went about it, the way they went about the entire search was flawed. And it, like I said, it might work out, but they could have done this a lot better. Yeah, you're right. I, I understand your concern. Again, you, you uh, Sixers fans have every right to be concerned with this whole gen, with this whole general manager process. But I, I look at it as our team is pretty much already set. Our, our, our roster is already set for this year. I'm just taking this day in and day out, day by day. Like at first, I, I get you can panic, you can flip out, you can spaz out. I get that. You can throw every stat, everything. But at the end of the day, it's not like we didn't get a guy that, that, that does not know basketball. Like Elton Brand knows basketball. He's played over a thousand, again, over a thousand career games in the NBA. 
He is an all-star in the, in the biggest stage. I get it. He's only a two-time all-star, but he still has experience and has all-star level experience. He's one rookie of the year. He's he's He knows the Sixers team. He's, he's pretty much all around the Sixers players. So, I mean... Like, I get it. Like, we want to have a guy with more experience, and I get why people are panicking. But, I mean, at least we got someone to fill in the infor- and got, that can fill in the position right now. And we have a guy that, that knows Philadelphia. He knows the city. He played for the Sixers. He, he knows how the fans are, and he knows what we expect. And, I mean, and I mean, and, and I mean, who, who knows? Maybe he can help build, like, this new culture. I mean, I, I, and I know uh, to, to tie into your point about players where they want to go, yeah, like I know, I know, like the the big part of players going to join other teams is the team that's built and the culture that's built, and are they winning? And Jimmy Butler just literally requested a trade from Minnesota because he does not like Andrew Wiggins. He has voiced his opinion about Andrew Wiggins. He does not like his mentality. Wiggins has had a reputation of he wants to play just for the money. He doesn't want to get better. And Jimmy Butler recognized that. And Jimmy Butler, Butler, my fault, wants out of Minnesota. He wants out. He literally said that today. I was watching it on, on uh, while I was at ABC today. He wants out of Minnesota. And he, he also, he, he came at Carl Anthony Towns a little bit too. He said that Carl Anthony Towns, he's competitive and he wants to win. But he pretty much said like Carl Anthony Towns is a numbers guy. He want, he'll, 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 he's selfish for rebounds. He's selfish for extra points. So his stats look good. So he can always have stats to back up. And he doesn't like that mentality in Minnesota. He loves Tom Thibodeau because he's a blue-collar, work-your-butt-off guy. Again, you got to understand perspective. Jimmy Butler comes from a guy that grinds hard. He works hard. But back to my point, Jimmy Butler wants out of Minnesota because of the players that are around and the culture that's around. Those are the two things that if you're a team, you need to have good players, good solid players. You need to have a good culture. If you have a good culture, more pl- more superstar players will come to you. And... And whether that's the coach, whether that's players, whether that it could possibly even be a GM, because I know Mark Cuban, even though I know recently he's had very bad allegations against mm-hmm. him. But I mean, before the allegations happened, he's always he's always he was always a players minded GM and free agents did come to Dallas and they did they did win the finals. I like I, I get it, they had just had Dirk and but they had the great role players that came in, the perfect complement role players to come in because they wanted to play for Mark Cuban. They wanted to play for the coach Rick Carlisle, and they wanted to play for um, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. It's just the culture that you spread that you set. It starts from the players, and you get the coaches, and you also have that. You need to have the good GM too, because people have left in the past because of GMs. And um, yeah, again, it, it's that. But that's like the big thing when you build a team. You want to develop a culture. And I remember Doug Peterson talked about it two years ago. He wanted to develop a culture in Philadelphia. And now we're Super Bowl champions because of that culture. So yeah, that that's pretty much why I have to say like you can panic. I get it, the experience, but we have our players. We have a great guy in Embiid. We have a great guy in Simmons. Fultz, this is a big year for him. He needs to. And speaking of Fultz, we looked at his Instagram. We're seeing his jump shots. I like that he's making them, but I'm not a believer in his jump shot till I see it in a game. Because if that's the case, then Carmelo Anthony looked like LeBron James in the off season, <laughs> and you all know what happened with Carmelo Anthony in the playoffs. 4 of 17 in a pivotal game, bricking up threes, 0 of 8 from 3, getting blown off the ball on defense, just garbage. So, yeah, Marco Fultz, I, I'm, I'm not a believer until I see it in the game. That's just how I am. I call sports how it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, the form looks good. Yeah, the, for, I, yeah, the that, form. That's what you're yes, looking at. You're not looking yes. to see the shot go in. You're looking yes. to see the form that he's shooting with. Yeah, he looks so. comfortable. He looks comfortable when he's shooting. The form looks good. Yes. It looks like he took a lot of practice. There's no hitch. Yeah, yeah so I'll give him that. But, in terms of it getting in and stuff, we gotta just wait and see until game time. But yeah, that that's how I feel about the whole Sixers topic and Elton Brand. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna panic. I'm not gonna put the panic button because again, our our team is already built. Now it's just developing and finding the right culture and bringing in the people in, bringing the right guys in to fill that culture. So you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I know some people are already clamoring Sixers, Elton Brand. You want to be the GM? Then go out and get me Jimmy Butler. I'm telling you now, Jimmy Butler would be a disaster here. And this is why. You think that he he doesn't like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins because of their personalities. He would hate Joel Embiid. They would hate each other. 
like and it doesn't have to, anything to do with the skill on the court because obviously we all know that MB can ball. We all know his reputation in the league, but Jimmy Butler is the type of guy who goes to work, puts his head down, and doesn't want any distractions around him. Now he's he would have Ben Simmons who's going to be working on a TV show on NBC. You got Joel Embiid who is. Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler would absolutely hate it. Well, well, I, I think Jimmy Butler, well, again. Plus, he'd have to give up assets for a guy who's going to be a free agent yeah. next year, so it's Kawhi 2.0. Well, the reason why I wouldn't get Jimmy Butler is literally because we would have to give away assets. Our team is fine the way it is. But, I, but in terms of Jimmy Butler, again, Kobe and Shaq didn't like each other. They didn't hang out with each other off the court a lot. But when they played together, they knew what they expected. They both had that drive to be great. And that's what we have in Philadelphia. We have two guys that are really talented, but they're not settling. They want to get better. Joel Embiid, is a, his personality on the court is awesome to play with, and he's an awesome teammate to play with because he wants to get great. He wants to be, he said, he already said his goal this year is to win MVP. Ben Simmons wants to be better than LeBron. He wants to, he see, I love that he's working out with him. He's posting pictures with him on Instagram. It just sucks seeing how well him and him played, played well with each other. Like in the offseason, because if LeBron did come, that would be great. We would have, we would have literally saw that every single game. But um, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 YouTube, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. That's another that thing too. Doesn't but matter. I mean, I'm just saying as a fan, like I was just like, dang, like yeah, like they're 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 like a deadly combination. I mean, you got the greatest, arguably the greatest player of all time, with arguably the best player of this upcoming generation. So but, yeah, I get your point. But there. yeah, like they just they have that drive, they have that will to be great. And, and that's what separates the good players from the great players. They're mentally strong. And that's what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons exhibit. And I think Jimmy Butler would love to play with guys like that that want to get better, that want to get pushed. Like and The thing with Minnesota is the guys, they're con- Andrew Wiggins is content with his current talent. He's content with averaging 16 to 20 points a night and having his nights where he's hitting, having nights where he's not. And then Carl Anthony Towns just wants to boost his stats and boost his numbers up. That that's it. That that's what they that's what they care about. They're they're letting their selfish needs take over the culture of the team. Jimmy Butler would would love to play in Philadelphia. Now, would he get along with them at first? I don't know. But again, you don't have to get along with people and be friends with them off the court. Like Shaq and Kobe proved that they won three championships together, and they 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 bumped heads numerous times with each other. Like Shaq ended up leaving because of the whole culture that was set and stuff like that. But I mean, it happens. Yeah. So. Before we talk to our special guests of the show, let's do our good apples of the week. All right, so I'll start it off. My good apple was going to be Patrick Mahomes, just because, I mean, the dude is a monster. He threw for six touchdowns. Six. And he he carved the Steelers secondary. He carved us like a Christmas ham. It was unbelievable. And I'm not taking him off my uh, my good apple because of who it was against. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Contrary to popular belief. All right, now now my good apple of the week is Rachel Nichols, and this is why. As you all know, the Mavericks have been under investigation by the NBA for multiple uh, instances of sexual misconduct, this, that, and the other thing. And uh, on her show, The Jump, on ESPN, um, she interviewed Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks. And I'll say this. I don't know whether Mark Cuban is innocent. I don't know whether he's guilty. But Rachel Nichols, the job she did on this interview, just the way, like how she asked the questions, what questions she asked, and just be not being a you know accusing, but being really really difficult yet fair. Any aspiring person who wants to be a journalist, listen to that interview. Yes, tell like you can't tell me that might be one of the best interviews I've ever seen. Yeah, like, and, and like seeing Mark Cuban's reaction off. too. Yeah, like and listen, he looked defeated the entire time. Which listen. I'd be pretty, you know, 
that's an uncomfortable position to be in. And I get, I do give him credit in the sense that he went on that stage and took a beating like that. But Rachel Nichols, like, hats off to you. You really, I mean, I, I thought she was a gem for the sports media industry before, but wow. Like that was that was really really impressive. Yeah, it was. It was very it was very impressive. But um, all right, you me go my good apple. Go for it. All right, my good apple of the week. I'm gonna go with Blake Bortles. Yes, Blake Bortles, the guy that everyone bashed at and made fun of all last year, saying how trash he is. I was one of them. I was one of those people at one time. I was like Blake Bortles. But, man, he really snapped, and he really performed well against New England. Here's his stat line. He completed 65% of his passes. It's 64.5, but I'll, I'll round it up. Round it up. I'll round him. it up. Round it up for the nice man. He threw for 377 yards, four touchdowns, quarterback rating of 111, and he was throwing a deep ball. He ran the ball six attempts for 35 yards. And here's a funny fact about Blake Bortles. You know, Do you guys know that Blake Bortles – Ranks in the top five all time in average yards rushed a carry by a quarterback. So it goes. What? Yes. He is top really? five with Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, and Blake Bortles. He is in the same discussion as Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick in terms of average rush per carry. You can look it up. Look up the stat. I saw it last week because I was in Boston I was getting made fun of by Patriots fans all morning. Wait, hold because on. The Eagle, Eagle fan, the Eagle fan was getting made fun of Patriots fans well, in 2018. No, 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 no. It's only because the Patriots, the Eagles lost to the Bucks. I was talking my smack before. But the Patriots lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles. No, How can you? That's like no, a, but they also did beat us too. So we're 50 50. It, it's a neutral situation. Yeah, but you have bragging rights right now. It's like, oh, I do, it's like I in Super Smash Bros. when they have like the star bouncing up and down. And you jump in the star and you have like immunity yeah, for know, like 20 uh, seconds. Uh, uh, oh, that's what you have right now. Oh, no, no, no. And don't get me wrong. I talk my smack. I like. Like my friends and and other fans that listen to this podcast, I talk my smack to people that reach out to me. Trust me, I do. And I was talking smack to them early all in the morning. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, all my sports bets went well. Like I bet, I bet. Cle- I I'm trying to think who I bet for college. All my college bets, I bet five games, all were right. So I was talking so much smack. I was like, all I need to do is for these Eagles to win, and I get four hundred bucks. And then the Eagles just lay a big. Goose egg. I keep forgetting. You're, you're in Delaware. Me. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. I have to do my bets on Mondays and Wednesdays when I go to Jersey. Oh, dude, it stinks. PA, pass the darn sports betting <laughs> bill, please. But, but, but yeah, it is. It, it it was it was so funny. And then they made fun of me. I said, watch Jacksonville kill you guys. And guess what happened? Blake Bortles carved them like Thanksgiving turkey. And the Jaguars defeated the New England Patriots and made a big statement. Now... If they play each other in December, it might. I don't know. It, it'll. It, we'll see. Because you know how the Patriots. They, they, you know how they are when the games mean the, when they, when they matter most. Tom Brady's also now zero and two in games that are ninety degrees or hotter. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like the game was over. Like it was like one hundred and two degrees on the field. Like Tom Brady does terrible in the heat. Like his career record in Miami is like the worst out of all the fields that he's played in. That's another stat that I just know off the top of my head. I think he's he's under five hundred in Miami. So. So my all my sports betters out there, if, if whenever the Patriots play in Miami, bet the Dolphins, bet a, bet bet the Dolphins, because you know, they, they 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 usually split every year because Tom Brady does not do good in Miami. His career record in Miami is under five hundred. That is that's the only field that he's under five hundred in is Miami. Yeah. All right. So after this quick little break, we are gonna talk to our special guest. So stay right there. All right, we're back here on Sports Source, and joining us, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Patrick Valio. Pat, how you doing? Uh-oh. Hey, what's up, fellas? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Glad to have Glad to be back in the air. Yeah, Mr. Graduate over here. Yeah, 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 Pat, how, how you doing? Did you find some out of, out, out of school? All right, no, I didn't. I haven't really applied for any jobs yet. I uh, I tore my knee in the summer, so I'm like going through my rehab still for that. And I um, was I was working all summer at the shore still on my other job, so I just finished that up last week. Okay. So I'm taking it a little easy here for a little bit. I hope to start applying for some jobs though soon. I'm gonna start doing that. So just taking it easy right now though. Watching right. some Eagles football. 
How, how's the knee? I hope the Sixers medical staff wasn't the people that were taking a look at it for you. <laughs> no, they won't. I got my, my main man at Premier. I am Premier Orthopedic down on down in Exton. He's taking care of me, not uh, any zoologist. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. All right, so the Eagles, last Sunday, they lost to the Buccaneers in a really surprising game. Yeah. Fitz Magic, 402 passing yards. Four touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Nick Foles didn't even have a bad game. He threw for 334 yards. But the Eagles secondary, they looked cooked, especially Jalen Mills. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah he the was... secondary looked bad. First play of the game, I saw the Fitzpatrick drop back. and I knew they were going to target Jalen Mills off the back because of the way Deshaun played on Marcus Lattimore versus the uh, New Orleans there in week one. I saw it coming. I had a bad feeling about the game before the game started. I don't know, just the way the Buccaneers were. Deshaun always plays good for his Eagles. Always. He's 5-1, I think, career-wise versus the Eagles. You know, yep. He's always coming back and ready to beat uh, the team that created him. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not a bad loss. I think I think they can only have, like, four losses if they want to repeat or do anything, like, make some noise in the playoffs. So, it's not a bad one, but they better they better win this week, man. They better get that secondary together, and they better establish a running game and establish the line of scrimmage. Because the Buccaneers' defensive line there, they wrecked the Eagles for a while there. On the left side especially, where Vitae, when he stole in for Jason Peters. Yeah, the, my two takeaways. Real rough, man. And Josh, you let me know if I'm out of bounds here. First of all, I think the Eagles and Jim Schwartz are dumb for not expecting Deshaun Jackson to go deep on the first play. That is like right. the Deshaun Jackson like specialty. First play of the game, go deep. Especially against the Eagles, you know he's going to be motivated and ready to go. And then Big V, man, he is not looking good. Like He looks uh, he's, like uh, he's not giving it his all or something. I don't know what it is. But in a game like that where you know it was so hot. Yeah, yeah, it was 102 degrees. Jason Peters couldn't be out there the entire time. Big V looked gassed and gassed early josh like what do you think is going to happen with this eagles o-line going forward if big v is going to look this shaky uh i mean yeah i mean i look at it as like i know peters went down last year and then people had the same questions as well i know i know um i know he he did not he, he looked awful against the buccaneers but i mean it happens not like Football is a crazy game. Like one week, one week everyone's clicking, and next week you're just not clicking. It's just, it's crazy how it goes week from week. And I will I will say like we did come back at the end. We did show some good signs at the end. But again, I agree with Pat said. What, what Pat said was we should have established a running game a lot better. Like Corey Clement only had six carries. He had six carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. But like we fell down early, and we kind of just resorted to just passing the ball. And I this week against the Colts, we need to really establish the line of scrimmage. I, I agree with Pat. Run the ball. We need to run the ball a little bit more. I yeah. I, I get it that Wentz is back, and we want him to just sling it. But I mean, I I really like the Jordan Matthews signing because because him and Wentz have really good chemistry with each other, and I think that that's gonna feed right back into it. I know that he hasn't been with the team for a year, but when you have good chemistry with someone, you have good chemistry with someone. Now, Pat, so, my question to you is, as Josh mentioned, Jordan Matthews is an eagle again, and Carson and him have that chemistry from yesteryear. But, Pat, do you think that Matthews was, A, the best option available rather than going with a guy like Des Bryant or trading for a guy like Josh Gordon? Do you think the Eagles made the right decision? Yeah, I think they made the right decision. Jordan Matthews knows the system. Him and Wentz are boys. Uh, there's no bad blood. Des Bryant's the locker room headache, man. I don't want any of that in Philly. Josh Gordon is Josh Gordon. He hasn't shown anything in four years. You know, he's got a lot of potential. He's a big receiver. He looked good in week one. But let let Bill Belichick deal with him. Tell him to get his, get his snout out of the bad stuff and get him straight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know he's injured or whatever, but uh, I think Jordan Matthews will look good. I don't know where they're going to line him up, if it's going to be the outside of the slot. I think they should keep Nelson in the slot and try to – See if Matthews can get open at all, even. I don't know. Aiken's, Aiken's driving me crazy. Here's what I think. I think Matthews is a good addition with wide receivers, but the biggest addition this week is going to be Josh Adams to the running game. Yeah. Josh Adams is going to take over for Wendell Smallwood. I already got him off my bench and waivers, picked him up in waivers. <laughs> it's because he's going to, uh, this line of scrimmage, is, he's going to run the ball right. They're going to run the ball right, right down Indianapolis' throat with their, wa- yeah. their west, the, 
weak side of the defensive line for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, the Colts Josh defensive Adams, line is garbage. The guy going to bulldoze those small corners Indianapolis has when he gets to the outside or gets to the edge. Yeah, so would you rather have Josh Adams carry the ball or do you just say Corey Clement? What have I, what have I been telling you? Be the bell cow. I hate Smallwood. He's terrible. He can't <laughs> play. He's a, he doesn't know the system. He's a West Virginia running back. That's all I can say about Wendell Smallwood. I don't <laughs> like him getting the majority of the carries. I know somebody's going to need to take some carries from Corey Clement this week. He's not going to be able to handle all of it. That's why I think Josh Adams is going to get his share of eight, nine reps, and then he's going to show that he can do more, and then they're going to give him, like, 12. <laughs> Pat, you got some big-ass ears to keep hitting the dial button. <laughs> no, no, Pat, Pat's fired up. Pat's into it. No, it's, it's good. No, because I, I'm fired up with it, too. I, I think the Eagles are going to bounce back. I think we're going to win this game. I I think that we're going to do really good. We're going to, again, establish the line of scrimmage, run the ball, and I think we're going to pound it down Indianapolis' throat because the Colts' rushing defense is terrible. It, it, it's not good. It's yes, been it, it It's been trash for years, and it's going to continue to be trash. Yeah. Now, do you think, with that being the game plan, run the ball down their throats, do you think it makes sense to bring Carson Wentz back this week as opposed to just say, you know what, we're not going to be passing that much. We might as well just let Nick Foles play and then let Carson Wentz come back against Tennessee, give him another seven days of rest before returning the game action. Nah. Yeah, I, I, nah, just, I yeah, want yeah. Carson to have a game at home under his belt before he goes yeah. anywhere on the road, especially at Tennessee. I know Tennessee's going to start Blaine Gabbert and all, but that's going to be a hard place to go into and play. They're rowdy down there in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also, like, I think this is a good game. There's also good reps for Wentz as well. Um, if he's right, if he's ready to go, he's ready to go. He, again, Carson Wentz wants to play. Like we, like usually people will wait it out and stuff like that. No, Carson Wentz is a baller. He's a gamer. He wants to play. That's what separates him from the other quarterbacks right now. That's why, because of him, our locker room is is is, is just this different vibe and it's this different mentality in Philadelphia. And to start with our quarterback in Carson Wentz, he wants to play. He's a baller. And he wants to get out there as early as possible. And guess what? If he wants to get out there early as possible, go ahead, Carson Wentz. But I will say though, like we will run it and pound it. But don't, let's let's be honest here. We got Carson Wentz back, so our playbook now just got like fifty plays deep now because we got our guy back. And I bet you we're gonna take some shots deep. Carson Wentz is gonna let it fly. And I, I don't I don't care if it's Jordan Matthews running to catch it. It's Aguilar. It's if it's if like if if even if it's um because I know Mike Wallace broke his leg, but even if it's like uh. Who's that one re- that one that one rookie receiver that we had? I know uh, Sheldon Gibson, uh, G- Gibson or Hollins. I know Hollins has has been awful, but um, whoever Hollins it is, is on IR. Oh, he's on IR. He's on IR. Okay, okay. Now now, now I know where he is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> along with everybody else on but, the team. But yeah, my, point, my yeah, but my point is, it don't matter who the receiver is. Carson Wentz is now a quarterback, so expect the ball sixty yards deep, perfect spiral right on the t- right on the time. So Carson Wentz is back, so I'm fired up. I can't wait. Pat, give me a final score. I got uh, 27-10 Eagles. Okay. You think it's going to be that lopsided? It will be that lopsided. I'll be at the game. I was at week one. I'll be here again for week three. I'll be loud. I'll be rowdy, and we're going to get the win. And <laughs> Bird's going Bird's gonna to go 2-1 and one here, and they're going to work at the 6-1 to the uh, halfway point of the year there at the uh, bye week. I like that. Uh, my, my, my score for the game, I, I would go... I think Eagles will put up over thirty. I I I got the Eagles getting winning thirty one seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll give Luck his two touchdowns. Yeah, I see this being twenty four twenty one Eagles. I think that the book is out right now on the Eagles secondary, and I think Andrew Luck of Ty uh, T Y Hilton, excuse me, plays. They're gonna just do the the Sean Jackson dance all over oh Jalen God. Mills. Oh my God! So what? You know, yeah, we'll see about that, John. Listen, I'm thinking the Eagles are going to win this game. I think their front seven is just so good. I don't think that the, I think the Eagles' offensive line is going to be even more motivated now not to get Carson hit. Exactly. So I think they're going to put up a big fight. I don't know how Carson's going to respond when he does get hit. So, but I do think the Eagles should they should pull this victory out. Pat, before we let you go, uh, real quick, um, have you caught any Flyers preseason, or do you have any predictions yeah, for their roster? Good. Flyers have been looking good. 
Yeah, they looked good last night against the Rangers. Yes, they did. What was that, a 6-4 final last night? It was a 6-4 final. So, uh, you know, they have some kids. Oscar Lindbaum had two goals. Lindbaum! Yeah, they uh, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a solid team this year, and I yeah. think they they're gonna be in the competition to win the division. Yes, they will be. So get ready for the Flyers. Go Flyers! Go Flyers! All right, Mister Valio, thanks for joining right, us. We know you have me. to uh, get rolling. I'll be talking to you guys soon. Go Birds! Go of Birds! Uh, good luck with your Steelers, bro. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Listen to the rest of the uh, the podcast when it's up, and uh, you can hear me rant. All right, Pat, be safe, Mister Pat Valio. He is one of a kind. Yes, he is, man. I I miss I miss him a lot, man. Those sports shows last year were awesome. Yeah, I mean, listen, Sports Source is still great. I think it's better than ever. But I mean, listen, Pat was a phenomenal person to work with. So, uh, and hopefully, he'll come on more. And we didn't even talk about the Chris Fonte, uh oh, fantasy yeah. football oh, yeah. saga. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of that, he took a huge L to me uh, this week. A huge L. Like, to the point where I didn't even start Leonard Fournette because he was out. And I still beat him by over 15 points. Yeah, and he sent me a screenshot of the emails him and his interns were sending each other <laughs> oh, about uh, about uh, fantasy football. So that was great. So before we go into our bets of the week, we're going to give you our weasels of the week. Josh, you started off. All right, so my weasel of the week Sorry, Eagles fans, I got to do this. Jalen Mills, he had an awful week. He cost me $400 in my parlay. I will tell you guys, I picked five colleges correct on Saturday, and I was going to stop. I was going to stop. I was like, yeah, I'll take my 200 But I was so confident in my birds that they were going to win that I said, you know what, if I just bet one more, it goes from 200 to 400 And I said, let's go, Eagles. That's the team I'm betting. Eagles all day. And they just wet the bed. First play of the game, Jalen Mills gets cooked by Deshaun Jackson, 75 yards for a touchdown. Then as I'm watching the game, whenever it's third down, people put Mike Evans on Jalen Mills. People put Deshaun Jackson on Jalen Mills. Whoever was on Jalen Mills was catching the ball. Now, I will give a shout-out to the Buccaneers receiver, Chris Godwin. He is a Delaware native. He's from Middletown, Delaware. His cousin goes to Cabrini. His cousin goes to Cabrini. See, it's a small world. But Chris Godwin... I played football against him, even though I was a bench player. He mossed, he, he, uh, legit, he mossed um, our starting corner at the time. His, he mossed him in the corner of the end zone. I'll show you the play once we're done. But yeah, that's a side note. Big shout out to Chris Godwin, though. Good job on your touchdown. Jalen Mills, you're my weasel of the week. You got to do better than that, man. You got to cover better than that. Uh, if, if that's going to be the case, then people are going to expose you every single week. So, got to do better. My weasel of the week is Antonio Brown. Because, you know, I can't go a week without the Steelers wanting to make me throw my fist through a wall. So, Mr. Antonio Brown, who was complaining like a little seven-year-old during the Chiefs game when the Steelers weren't throwing him the ball as much as Juju Smith-Schuster. Antonio Brown had 17 targets in the game. Yeah, he had nine receptions for 67 yards. Juju just happened to have 13 receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown on 19 targets. And then what does Antonio Brown do? The selfish, all-me Antonio Brown decides to, A, first go to Twitter, answer a buffoon tweeting at him saying uh, that his protection was all because of Big Ben. He's like, trade me and we'll see what happens. I don't care if he's joking or not, which he said he is. Don't send the damn tweet. It ain't that difficult. And then this guy decides to not go to practice Monday and not tell anybody that he's not going to practice. Listen, I suck it up. I have a question for you. I know, I know you're angry. Is it time to blow it up in Pittsburgh? Like, like, because honestly, if you trade Antonio Brown, you trade Le'Veon Bell, you could you could honestly get two first round picks. You'll, you'll definitely get three second rounders for both of them. And you'll probably get either two, you'll probably get three or four second rounders for them or two or one or two first rounds for them. And, and I'm talking about this year's NFL draft. You can get, you could have the potential to get three or four first round picks. You can easily, I mean, we already saw James Conner, how he played week one. Like, 
you can easily find other people. But, like, that's my question to you. Do you think the Steelers could do, like, a quick rebuild? It's so difficult. Um, so I'll, I'll break it down into different little bits and pieces. First of all, with Le'Veon Bell, trade him. Trade him. Just get rid of him. He's worthless to you right now. Yeah, because he's absolutely yeah, worthless. He's gonna walk. He's off. posting pictures in Miami after you guys lose, trying to upstage you. Just trade the jackass. Trade <laughs> him. Trade him for two second round picks. See if we'll care. Because James Conner, listen, he's Le'Veon Bell is a tremendous player, and he's probably the best running back in the league. But guess what? James Conner is a he could be a top ten running back in this league. We'll be fine without him. And honestly, the defense sucks so much that it doesn't really matter if we have a good running back or not because we're going to be passing all the damn time. <laughs> Secondly, Antonio Brown, I have a really hard time trading him even though I'm pissed at him right now because he is so good and he, I think, is the without question the best receiver in football. My answer to this, Josh, depends on Big Ben. If you can, if Big Ben says, I'm going to retire at the end of the year, Fine, trade them all. But, you know, if he's going to be your quarterback, you got to compete. I mean, you're lucky with Juju. Juju's 20 years old, and he's putting up these numbers. Yeah, that's like, a, That that's kid's a, yeah. a monster. He's a number one receiver. Like, he's a stud. He's a star in the making. And I think when it's all said and done, Juju's going to be the leading receiver in Steelers history when by the end of his career. Hot, is that a hot take? I think Juju's going to go down take. as the... As far as the most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns of any Steeler of all time. Man, that sounds like a hot take. That's right a very hot take. But listen, Antonio Brown took a couple years to get going, and he has all the records. Juju started at 19 years old. This kid is special. This kid is so special. So, I mean, listen, do I think the Steelers are going to win this year? Hell no. I don't even think they make the playoffs, and I don't think they finish better than 9-6-1 nine, nine, or 8-7-1. Now, I will say this. like, Would you rather be good enough to make the postseason and not do it, and not be a Super Bowl team because your defense is so bad? Like That's what I'm saying. You you could honestly quick rebuild. You have Juju. You have, you have offensive pieces. You have a great offensive line. All I need to do is honestly trade your two stars, get first-round picks, get second-round picks, and get those defensive guys that you need. But that, that's, that's not going to. That's not going to take one or two years. I'm like I said, if Big Ben's there, the division is so winnable that they realistically could make the playoffs with a nine six and one record. I don't think they will, but they realistically could. Now I'm saying if they don't finish at least if they don't have at least nine wins, Mike Tomlin and his whole staff should be fired. That's pretty clear to me. And I'm sick of all the people defending him. Listen, this guy lost the room years ago. And yeah. everybody, you know, you can't take anybody on this damn team seriously. So you know what? Mike Tomlin, you had a nice run, but you haven't done anything for the franchise in eight years. So goodbye. Get out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Le'Veon Bell, definitely you're trading. Antonio Brown, you're only trading if Big Ben's retiring at the end of the year. If he's retiring at the end of the year, I'm confident we'll just fine. Put Mason Rudolph in. You have Juju still. You have James Conner still under contract, under team control, cheaply for a couple more years. Rebuild the right way. But, you know, you can't. And this thing, it sucks, too. And not to stay on this topic for too much longer. And, listen, I, I wish the man nothing but, a, you know, continued strong recovery, but... The second Ryan Shazier got hurt, cost the Steelers any shot of going back to contention for the mm -hmm. next five years. And unless some major move happens. Ryan Shazier was the guy. That defense was looking real good, too, until that game. And then once she, he was the captain of that defense, man, he made everything go. So once he went down, the Steelers, they had no chance. And I still don't think they have a chance. If the Steelers are offered multiple first-round picks for Antonio Brown, which they won't because no team's going to value a receiver that much, you take that offer. But I'm not trading. I can't, I don't, I can't rationalize trading Antonio Brown for second-round picks. Bell, I can only because of the position he plays. But I can't do that for Brown. 
Now, like, what if it was like a like a second round pick this year and then a couple first round picks in the future? If it's mul- like I said, if it's multiple first round picks, I'm taking the deal. And that's for any player except for Khalil Mack. Any player in the NFL except for him, like Rodgers and probably like ten other guys. <laughs> I'm if somebody offers me two first round picks for a player, I'm trading them. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I like I said, for a receiver, nobody's gonna offer two first round picks. Mm-hmm. I, I really doubt it. Um. All right, so let's move on to the bets of the week. All right. Let's Enough of me rambling about the Steelers and my dreams being crushed. So, Josh, give us your first pick of the week. Uh, my first pick of the week. Um, look, thinking, looking at this spread. Uh, I would definitely do tonight's game between the Jets and the Browns only because Cleveland is a three-point favorite. And the second I saw Cleveland is a three-point favorite, I was like, yep, I'm picking the Jets. Yeah, and that game is uh, just getting underway yeah, right yeah. now. It, it stinks because the podcast, if you want me to do another one, I'll do another one. Another, uh, another one I'll probably do um, that I'm looking at. I would definitely do Green Bay at Washington. I think Rodgers and their and uh, the Packers they're clicking. Um, I think I think them tying to the Minnesota Vikings uh, last week. Um, I, I think that's going to set them off, and I think that Rodgers is going to go off. And Rodgers loves playing against Washington. His career against Washington, he has eight passing touchdowns, one interception. He loves playing in Washington, so I'll definitely bet Green Bay. That's the first game I'm betting. So the most interesting one, I'll tell you one line I'm not taking, and that's the Vikings uh, hosting the Bills. I have a general rule of thumb. Never bet a game, at least never bet the favorite in a game where they are 10-point favorites or more. They're 16-and-a-half Unless it's college. Unless it's college. College is different, but I don't really bet college. I'm just talking strictly NFL. So avoid that line. The one that kind of speaks to me. I guess there's two. The first would be Jacksonville is a seven-point favorite against Tennessee in Jacksonville. I don't know, man. I'm I'm on full team Jacksonville here. I think that's a really interesting line. Tennessee is going to have to go in there. Mariota's banged up still. We don't know if he's going to play this week. The other one that I really like, man, the Chargers are seven-point underdogs to the Rams. And it's not like the Rams have that great home field advantage because, like, they they don't sell out. So, like, that's not a big factor. It's kind of like neutral turf almost. Mm-hmm. The Chargers are a good team. They are. The Rams are yeah. great, but seven points, man. I could see the Chargers win this game. I think the Rams win the game, but I think it's going to be close. I don't think this is a blowout at all. So I'm taking the points there. Okay. Do you um, got one more? Yeah, I got one more. Looking at it, um, like as I as I'm looking through all this, the games I would not look at, I would definitely not look at Atlanta, and New Orleans. Definitely would not do nope, that. Nope, not touching that. Yep, I would I would not touch. Um, I would definitely not touch Houston in New York, only because I feel like the game's gonna be like that game. That game's a toss up. Like, like I, I just don't like the six. I see I, one I, other one that I'm really intrigued by, actually. But um, I, I, I would no, man. This stinks. I might have to like be like, yo, Josh, put these down for me because I can't because I'm gonna be. Ooh, maybe I'm going to Jersey Monday. I mean, oh, yeah. Sunday. Ooh, ooh, that's good. All right, so so the other one I would I would do, the other one that I would bet. I I would I would bet I would bet Seattle at I would bet Seattle and Dallas. Only because I like the home crowd in Seattle. Seattle's 0-2. They're due for a big win. And Russell Wilson, and and granted, I mean, Seattle, they they played against the Bears, and their defense is really elite. And, and I get it, Seattle looked awful. But, I mean, Dallas's offense is not really impressive either, and I think that crowd and that and those fans getting amped up, I think Seattle's going to win that one. It's only And they're only minus 1.5, so it's literally just a field goal. Because I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Seattle will probably win at the end. My other one I just saw, and this is my bet of the week. The Bears are only five-and-a-half-point favorites in Arizona. Ho, 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 baby, give me that line. Give me that line all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. The Bears are going to demolish the Cardinals. The Cardinals are almost as bad as the Bills. That's how bad it's been. Sam Badford... 
Uh, what does uh, Pat always call Bradford? Uh, are you, I, 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 don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of it. I'm going to edit that out. How about, how about the spread for Monday's game? Tampa Bay is 1.5 underdogs. Oh, you take Tampa Bay, too. Man, there's a lot. Dude, I'm, ooh. Yeah. And they're home. They're home. Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to destroy the Steelers. Take whatever the over is on that game. Like, literally bet your house on whatever <laughs> the over is on that game. You'll yeah. win, like, some, like, mansion. I'm telling you. Like, that game is going to be, like, 35-30 at least. Like, there's at least going to be 65 and, and then, points. And then another game, I know the spread is high, but I would bet New England at Detroit only because when the Patriots, when they lose the week before, uh, the week before, and they lose bad, like, New England looked bad, they come back the next week and just kill whoever opponent they face. I get it. It's at Detroit. I get it. I mean, Detroit's not really that 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 great of a team either. The Jets went in Detroit and just killed them. I would definitely put my money on New England uh, winning that game, only because the Patriots never they rarely lose back to back. They do. They rarely lose back to back games. The over under for the Steelers Bucks is fifty three point five. Take the over. Still take literally, it. if you don't do anything for the rest of your life, take the over. I'm telling you. You can send me your checks and everything in the mail. Please hook me up with some of your winnings. But trust me, bet the over. Steelers, Buccaneers, Monday Night it's Football. Da 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 da. It's gonna be a shootout. Da 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 da. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh man, that's a that's money in the bank. Facts. Now, like like just looking at the spread. I mean, I mean that's pretty much what I have. I like I, I really like Green Bay at Washington because Rogers loves playing in Washington. He loves it. Yeah. That he like that's like his spot. He goes into Washington, he kills people. That's what he does. <laughs> he goes into Washington and, and he kills, kills people. people. Yes. Quote of the day. <laughs> I love it. All right. Bad so, man Rogers. So that's about all the time we have here. Pretty long edition of Sports Source, man. It's okay. But you know it's what? Good. That, that's good for you guys at home for your listening pleasure. All right. <laughs> so uh you could hear us again. Um, I guess this is going to go out Thursday night. So you can hear us again next Thursday night yep. here on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Play, Mixcloud.com slash WIBF. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts will probably be there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, until next time. Until go next Birds, time. see ya. Go Birds, see you guys.